This is Around Comics, episode 128. Twice a week, you'll hear a revolving panel of guests discuss comic books and graphic novels. On every Monday episode, just like this one, we go over the week in comics news, review our favorite books from the previous week in Top of the Stack, and take a look at what's coming out this week in Future Stacks. I'm Christopher Neesman, and uh, Scotty and Sal are they're off for the week. <laughs> they're eating funnel cakes at uh, Alpine Valley. I have... I had this image of them at the Rage Against the Machine concert, like moshing really hard and just like slamming into each other and then falling to the ground together and like their <laughs> eyes sort of locking and just then this like magic uncomfortably moment. then having to ride in. They're staying at a hotel, right? Yeah. Yeah, in Alpine Valley. That's date, night in, date, date night in Wisconsin. Date so. night. But, uh, but have no fear, uh, Tom Caters is here. Yeah. I'm on Vicodin too. So. <laughs> it's a good little bit, little little back trouble. Little back trouble. <laughs> and, uh, loose. and we're also uh, joined by uh, one of the folks that is usually running around the the store while we're recording. Uh, Hank, youth Hello. correspondent. Yeah, youth correspondent. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Mike Norton's son, Hank. Yeah. <laughs> the new crank. <laughs> is he? The, are you the new crank? I am the new That's crank. That's what I said. Well, congratulations. Crank did not like that, apparently. <laughs> but whatever. Well, before we get into uh, into the news, I, I want to let everyone know that this episode of Around Comics is sponsored by Borders. Sink your teeth into the story that introduced the world to Anita Blake. Vampire Hunter. Get your copy of Guilty Pleasures by Laurel K. Hamilton at your local Borders. Borders is your home for the tastiest fantasy novels. Find the store near you at borderstores.com. And we actually have some uh, some Dable Brothers news coming up here in a yeah. few moments. It's more but sexy vampire news. You got it. You well, can never uh, get enough. <laughs> Around Comics is recorded every Friday at 7 o'clock at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. We would love to meet you. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's move on. It's time to talk about the week that was. It is time for Wire to Wire Comic Book News. Wire to Wire Comic Book News. The Black Dossier is set to arrive in stores, and it's going to have two. Yes, count them. Two different covers. Oh, Michael Turner. Yeah, no, there's a uh, no. I, I I don't believe it'll be a Michael Turner cover, but uh, I, I think actually the the good news out of this is that it's actually it's actually, it's yeah, actually coming. It's coming out with any cover, yeah. anything. <laughs> it's uh, it's coming it's, out in a, well, like how many months? A year. A, like a couple of years late. No, uh, November of last year. Okay, November of last year. Well, it'll be November fourteenth of this year, and um, it's going to come out uh, hardcover. And you know, I'm going to be a fool and get it and then probably get the the absolute after that well you'll buy both mm -hmm. and you'll buy two of both because you like to keep them shrink wrapped whenever possible well, you know, uh, a collector's one, a, re a reading it. copy i don't know if i get the absolute <laughs> maybe maybe not who knows i have yet to read any league of extraordinary gentlemen 
you well, then you need to like catch up because you won't understand what's going on in this book. You understand? Did you see the movie? Half of it, and then I turned it off. Oh, that was a good call. <laughs> yeah, the last half was awesome, though. <laughs> well done, Hank. Half. Well done. Uh, so yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think this is uh, uh, the last one. Are there more league stories planned through yeah, Top they're, Shelf? They're coming out through Top Shelf. After that, they but they're going to come out as like um, seventy-two page, like almost prestige type ones. After that, so that's. I mean, Black Dossier is um, depending on what you've heard may not be all that totally sweet. I mean, it's going to have an original story, but a lot of it's going to be like information about old leagues and stuff like that. And apparently it's well, not officially released outside of the United States either it, because that's of due to copyright, some copyright stuff, yeah. copyright stuff. So, so, so your um when you buy your uh, absolute version, you can sell your regular one to some sort of poor European person or uh if we ever get a fan in Africa. I maybe yeah, if you're a fan of Africa, one, email us. We have none. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. It'll still get uh, sold on eBay. Yes, yeah. we talked to uh, we talked to B. Clay Moore whenever we were at the Chicago Con and got some information about uh, Hawaiian Dick, and it's going to an ongoing series, which is going to start in November. So. The uh, uh, the continuing stories of of Bird and the rest of the uh, the gang out in Hawaii. I haven't read any Hawaiian Dick yet. Have you not? No. It is a great noir series. If you if you like uh, just kind of that hard boiled detective, um, mix in a little supernatural uh, in Hawaii. Yeah, I like the supernatural. That's how I roll. You know, that's what I enjoy. Look forward to a uh, 32-page, full-color, ongoing series. Uh, they're going to be retailing for 2.99, which is refreshing to to see uh, an indie book stay at that 2.99 price point, especially since it's going to be a 32-pager, and that'll be coming uh, November 21st. So look for more Hawaiian deck. We talked uh, uh, about the Anita Blake Vampire Hunter, which was, of course, one of the Dable Brothers imprints through Marvel and Dable Brothers and Marvel this was uh, announced what a couple weeks ago that they yeah. have uh, ceased ceased their relationship it's they wanted to date other people yeah uh, well um it had sort of come out in a sort of an odd manner where they you know they had a very acrimonious split supposedly but Marvel gets to keep all the books that <laughs> Dable Brothers brought over there which doesn't seem to me to be the greatest plan yeah and uh you know, you saw a lot of the people from Dable Brothers saying, we have a big announcement coming up, you know, very soon that's going to make it all. And that first big announcement Dean was? Dean Koontz! <laughs> Some Frankenstein book by Dean Koontz. I'm sure the John Grisham book will be next. But the weird thing is, uh, I think I was reading in Comic Book Resources uh, in the Lying in the Gutters column where Rich Johnson said uh, the problem was that uh, Dable Brothers was missing payments to its artists, and Marvel was having to make those payments, and that's why it defaulted Marvel oh, when yeah. it ended because Marvel was the one that was covering all the sort of the fuck ups that Dable Brothers. I mean that's that's from that. I mean I don't know personally it's from because Rich Johnson. Uh, yeah, it's from Rich Johnson, so hmm. you can blame him if it's wrong. Uh, we, we, but I'm we, sharing it, so you can blame <laughs> me too. We, we've talked to a few uh, Dable Brothers artists before. Uh, Ryan Stegman, yeah. uh, one of the Miguels that works on uh, on Red. Yeah, Prophet, one of so the Miguels. One, like one of the hundred of them in New York. I don't understand what's going. It just seemed odd to me when it happened, and they. Um, they were like, oh, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. 
And I was like, was it really your plan to go to Marvel and then leave Marvel and, and, and let we, them and leave all, all the of the properties? Especially if it was Anita Blake was like the best-selling graphic novel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just to give that up, so. Very Who knows? They have a history of breaking their, of of splitting up with, you know, they had that with Devil's Due and they had Oh, it's image. like the third, third time now? Yeah, um, I was going to publish something and they <laughs> dicked me. Well, we'll see. Uh, February 2008, they'll be launching uh, an adaption of Dean Kuntz Frankenstein Book One Prodigal Son. So if you are a uh, Devil Brothers fan or a Dean Kuntz fan, uh, look forward to that. Rolling on is uh, Chester Quest is going to Toronto. Uh, C.B. Cebulski's, uh talent hunt is gone from San Diego to Chicago. Now they're crossing the border and uh, looking for uh, cheap Canadian beer and talented... Cheap Canadian <laughs> artists, too, <laughs> probably. Cheap Canadian artists. <laughs> Whatever they can get. Uh, uh, apparently, um, uh, CB's had some pretty good luck on his talent search. Uh, he said they've, uh, they've had over 300 entries so far, and he said uh, about 50 of which have uh, have had some real promise and said there are three or four people that uh, that they've come in contact with that are ready to work now. So it looks like uh, like Marvel is going to be finding some pretty good talent through this. I, 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 Hank. Th- these entries are artists? Uh, I believe artists and writers. Writers it's, also? Yeah. Okay. I don't I thought it was just artists, but is it, maybe I'm wrong. Is it just artists? Maybe. I do not know. I'm uninformed. Well, um, I think... The story would have been better if they, he would have said, "We found nobody. <laughs> Everyone you sucks. All suck. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of these books about Vikings with swords and people well, wandering he did, around. He did say a lot of the people that he uh, that he talked with in Chicago. A lot of more people that he had already seen in Chicago. So uh, San Diego brought a lot of uh, fresh talent, and Chicago was really kind of a oh. chance for him to touch base with a lot of people he's he's already because talked with. San Diego is so much better than Chicago and so every single possible way. <laughs> they have better artists. The writers are great. The weather's fantastic. Everyone has power there. <laughs> yeah, the women are hotter. Everyone has money. Yeah, speaking of the uh, of the weather, I'm about ready to uh, to build my own ark here in Chicago. I think it's rained oh every. My power's day. out. Your power's out. Yeah, for you live about, in the yeah. city. No, I live in the suburbs. You live in the suburbs. Yeah. What do you do here? Don't every you know Friday that? Night? Do you ever talk to Hank? Do you ever actually Hi, talk I'm to Hank? Hank? What's up? Hi, Hank. Do you know anything about Hank's life? Well, yeah. you you live in the suburbs, and, and my, dad, my dad lives in the city. My mom lives in the uh, suburbs, okay. and okay. we are the ten houses that I live next to, and the don't have power, but the hundreds that surround that do have power, and so we haven't had power for like a day now. It sucks. It's a shame that they can't go in and help those shanty towns. <laughs> The border, need, the border towns. The border towns in this time of need. <laughs> All right, a little uh, a little movie news that came out this week. Uh, apparently, Todd McFarlane and uh, Josh, Olson, Josh Olson, who uh, directed History of Violence, uh, are set to revisit The Wizard of Oz with their revisionist take on it. And uh, and for this okay. uh, for the story here, I uh, I threw in a picture of some of uh, uh, McFarlane's Wizard of Oz uh, statues. Yeah, I don't know that. Uh, the I prefer the Ols- Olsen's uh, quote though. I saw those toys and Dorothy and Bondage Queen isn't something I want to do. The appealing <laughs> thing about the b- bomb Six books, inch heels. yeah, to me is how wildly imaginative they are. They are crazy characters from amazing places. I want this to be Harry Potter dark, not Seven dark. And I've been reading all the Wizard of Oz books. Because They're very I bought dark. all fourteen yeah. of them off of uh, eBay about a month ago, and they—I I was talking to Scotty about this, and we both wondered why no one had ever 
done like a modern we had watched Return to Oz and we were like why hasn't anyone remade Wizard of Oz because it's not the musical is I think what a lot of people who haven't read the books think Wizard of Oz and it's not that it's at not, all well it's sort of like that well Wick no the no. original movie oh, Wizard okay. of Oz okay. it was a musical Hank, Hank. Hank it's a Wicked isn't the first Wizard of Oz <laughs> I, I forget. Hank so they're making a movie about the Todd McFarlane Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I know. No, it's just they're they're looking at uh, at doing a, a revised and updated look at the Wizard of Oz, and it will be darker than uh, the, uh, uh, Judy, the Garland. Judy Garland musical one, which I love. But who doesn't? Of course, he would. <laughs> Okay. Uh, for our uh, for our last uh, story of the week, uh, some uh, great news coming out of uh, Oni is the uh, the series that uh, that Tom originally picked as his top of the stack. Maintenance is been optioned to hit the big screen. So joining us on the guest line are uh, series co-creators Robbie Rodriguez and Jim Massey. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the news about maintenance being optioned. Hey, thanks. Oh, thank you, man. <laughs> now, was that... Uh, it, it, with the movie options that we've seen, for the most part, it's series that have been around for a while or had some had some life to them for, for a while, but maintenance is like on issue four, and we got the news of it, so that was pretty pretty early in the life of the series. Is this something that you guys kind of came into the series as, and, and that was an objective, or was it really just a comic book first and just happened to uh, to get this movie deal? It just kind of happened, because I literally based it on the ass can they put out last year at San Diego. Is that right, Jim? Yeah, uh, the, actually, the option deal got proposed to us by uh, by Warner Brothers <laughs> before issue one even shipped. Um, we've, we've been really lucky in that Oni works, you know, Oni has the relationship with the um, uh, their, their arm that actually has some contacts in the in the Hollywood production world, and so they were able to get a hold of the property and get the ash can out and start showing it to people and building excitement before it even actually was on the shelf. So it was really awesome to be able to get that exposure that early on. Uh, uh, this is Tom speaking. Uh, I've loved the book so far. I've gotten all four issues. I think I picked it as my pick of the week. It, it was, yeah, it was uh, top of the stack selection um, way back when. Did knowing that you th- having this deal proposed to you before the first issue came out, did that sort of change what you did with the what you had planned for the book, or was it? Did you yeah, cast I think it Robbie aside? Yeah, started drawing uh, Doug like Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, I noticed know. that. Yeah, everyone looks like Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it didn't really change anything at all. Um, you know, without sounding too mercenary about how I approached the whole thing, I mean, when I pitched it to Oni and the, and the folks there, I, I intentionally said that I wanted to create basically a platform for any kind of crazy adventure. I didn't want to limit it too much. And so what I really wanted to do was, you know, I didn't map out here is the beginning and a middle and an end to this saga. I wanted to create this world and this environment that actually just lent itself to dropping in crazy episodes and, you know, short stories and long stories and stuff that I, um, I, I it's not like I was trying to create a property in order to be optioned or anything like that, but I did want to create something that was, uh, uh, flexible enough in an environment that was 
uh, open-ended enough that you could do kind of whatever you wanted with it. So that, I think, just made it uh, an easier sell, you know, is just kind of getting the kernel of an idea that sounded fun and interesting and, and exposed a lot of possibilities kind of limit itself. And I think that helped in, in, in being attractive to, to, the, to Hollywood folks. Well, for uh, people that don't know what Mainz is about, uh, could you give like a quick, quick the ho- Hollywood the pitch? Hollywood pitch, the Hollywood pitch, as we like to say. <laughs> oh, the Hollywood. Okay, what is maintenance about? Maintenance is. Uh, <laughs> I still can't figure that out. Yeah, I'm still working on that. Part. Webster says maintenance is. No. <laughs> maintenance is the story of Doug and Nanny, who are two maintenance workers who work at Terromax, the world's leading evil science laboratory. And the whole book is about them going about their job, and their job just happens to be dealing with mutants, monsters, and cleaning up spills and crazy experiments gone awry. And uh, it's a combination of them just getting by and every once in a while maybe accidentally saving the world. But it's just, you know, sort of two guys doing their job. Their job just happens to be the craziest job you ever saw. Occasionally, they get to play with doomsday weapons and talking sharks. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> always. Now you got to have talking sharks. That was that was uh, that's in the contract. I have to have talking sharks. Well, well one of the things and that the zombie cat. Yeah, one of the things that most uh, sort of interests me right away when I heard that it got optioned for a movie was the idea that uh, in popular culture, the evil scientist has now become so ingrained that you can do a movie making fun of the cliches of the evil scientist. Which I think means we've evolved terrifically <laughs> along great lines. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a, it's one of the things that appeals appeals to me about the whole um, of of the the whole world we've come up with is the you know there's obviously Doug and Nanny are protagonists and they want to do the right thing, but they're working in this. Uh, moral environment, which is all about causing death and horror and destruction, and so you've got this kind of a little bit uncomfortable gray area of you want these guys to win, but sometimes winning means that they are, you know, helping to propagate some ultimate disaster that's going to take out an East Coast city or something. Whenever you get down to it, is it really different from any other corporate job? Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> Just because I work for a giant accounting firm, <laughs> not making—they're not killing people, as far as I know. Well, guys, with uh, with maintenance being a, an Oni property, it, it's really hard to not notice how well Oni has done in the Hollywood arena of late. You've got Whiteout is is being uh, actually in post production now. Uh, the Dam just got optioned maintenance, and and I'm probably missing a couple, but Oni seems very active in in optioning its properties right now. Yeah, well, they're um, like I say, they 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 made a real effort to uh, to create an arm of the business that stayed in touch with with that side of things, and just historically, but you know, without even trying to to create properties that are going to be enticing to Hollywood. I mean, their their whole line and their whole way of thinking is to come up with original, creator-owned, creator-driven stuff at is not kind of it doesn't bring a lot of continuity baggage it doesn't bring a lot of expectations along with it it kind of is what it is and yeah. it you, you kind of see it and you recognize it and you think 
oh, that's a cool story that looks interesting to me or, or not, and you don't have to make any other kind of decisions about, I don't like the style or, you know, it's the house art style doesn't suit me. I mean, they're all over the board with style. They do what fits the story, and they're very story-driven, and they let those stories just kind of live by themselves. If it's a one-shot, great. It lives as a one-shot. If it's a series, cool. We'll build some series out of it. But they really do serve the story and do what's best for the story. And, you know, that's that's what people are looking for now is, is stories. Well, um... I'm going to delve into the Entertainment Tonight style questions and ask you, who do you want to play Doug and Manny? <laughs> <laughs> I know, Robbie. What do you think? Nick Frost uh, from uh, Hot Fudge on the Dead in Space. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. he's, pretty much, he's pretty much the basis I based Manny on. Nice. And pretty much like, and pretty much inspiration was based on that TV show Space. Any other fight guy, if you've seen that book, it's pretty much uh, like homage to that in Simpsons, really. Nice. Definitely want to talk about Tech Jansen for a few minutes. What was uh, what was it like to work on uh, once again another Oni project, uh, the the Tech Jansen uh, series? I, I mean, for me so far it's been great. I mean, I um, you know I've been doing the the backup stories for it, and I that's uh, you know Tom Tom Pyer and John Layman are doing the the main story, and they've actually. It's not only more work to do, but it's more attention has to be paid to a longer arc. You know, it's a five-issue arc. And I've been able to just come up with these fun little snappy seven-page gag stories. And so I've been kind of liberated by the whole thing. It's like uh, I don't have to – I didn't come up with the character, so I don't have to put cycles into that. And I really have to come up with the, the general feel of it, so I kind of – was able to, to take what kind of the, the, the groundwork was and work within that. And after, you know, some people might find that limiting or not being able to let them flex their creative muscles enough, and that's certainly understandable. But, you know, for me, I've got my own creator-owned stuff, and, and this is a, a, a toy I could play with. And, and have. So I've, I've really enjoyed it. And, um, so I'll let, let Robbie talk about the other part. You can maybe maybe he hasn't had as much fun as I have, but I've had fun. <laughs> oh, I've had a great time doing this so far. I mean, I've not had any complaints about my work at all. Even though you know there have been some horror stories about this, the delay and everything, but uh, but uh, everything seems to work out. Like I said, like Tim said, it's a big toy I can play with. I can play with a lot of ideas that not, that I wouldn't normally do on any of my other creator-owned stuff. Well, for, for people that don't know, Tech Jansen is a uh, a character. Uh, from a series of un, uh, an unpublished novel by Stephen Colbert, <laughs> and I said all that with w- winking and making finger quotes in the air, mm-hmm. unpublished. Very, vi- uh, yeah. very visual for the very, podcast. yeah, very visual for the podcast medium. So if people don't know what it ha- is, have you guys found that that since you know this is a, a Stephen Colbert associated property that that there's been a lot of attention outside of of the average comic fan that you guys are getting some uh, some attention from uh, from just kind of your average uh, on the street Stephen Colbert fans. Uh, I actually have a lot of work, but I'm like uh, I go to like like corporate parties at my Profile to go to, you know, like, oh, what do you do with the ad? Draw comics. Like, what do you work on? Stephen Colbert is like, what? <laughs> yeah. That's, no, yeah, it's true. I definitely get a lot of more. I get more comments from mentioning Stephen Colbert and Tech Jansen than I do from saying, yeah, I write this goofy little comic book called Maintenance. Have you heard of it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you say you will whenever it's a movie. 
and then you'll remember Starring me. <laughs> Starring Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Put on. Yeah, one. one of the yeah. fun one of the fun things about the Tech Jansen uh, deal was just trying to, to to dig through the layers of of this character that is so it's a character that's based on a fictional book that doesn't even exist that's created by a persona that doesn't even really exist but it is named Stephen Colbert who is an actor who is playing this persona who's created a fictional character from a book that hasn't even been written and so there's like where in that stack of reality do you kind of shoot for and how do you how do you bring that in is it, is it a is it a story about Stephen Colbert making fun of some of these sci-fi conventions or is it really a Tech Jansen adventure? You know, are we embracing the fact that Tech Jansen is a, an actual character or is it a fictional character that is supposed to have uh, this meta layer of not really existing? <laughs> I mean, there's just so many, you know, layers and gray areas in that that it's, it's I'm not even sure that I came up with an answer before I started writing, but I think I, I ended up just kind of embracing Tech Jansen and not worrying about Stephen Colbert, and that seemed to kind of... Yeah, exactly. That popped in the same thing, in terms of, like, art-wise. Like, it's not even Colbert. It's like a bumbling console that goes through space. <laughs> well, th- Tom, this is not the part where you should ask who should play Tech Jansen no, in the movie. I mean, I think... I think I, that's established. I think that... I love the name Tech Jansen because it just reminds me of all those um, uh, William Shatner, like, tech war books that I remember, like, came out, like, every 30 seconds at some point in the 90s, and I had friends that read them, and it, every time I hear Tech Jansen, I just think of Tech War, you know, book 20, you know, I guess, so. Before we wrap up here, is there is there anything else that you guys have on the immediate horizon that we should be aware of? Uh, well, as far as I mean, as far as the, the the Jim Robbie team, we're just we're plugging ahead with more maintenance. We're plugging ahead with more tech, and that's that's good stuff. And that's I'm looking forward to all the maintenance stuff we got coming up. And and just so about how you know the movie deal is great, obviously, but I'm just loving everything that we're able to put together. And and you know, I look forward to seeing Robbie's pencils and pens and inks and everything when it comes out it's just it's it's a real treat so that's going forward um on my own i've got uh actually putting together the final touches on a new series of books with oni that i'm going to be doing that not quite ready to reveal the details about um but it does involve old western gunfighters and bowling if that helps <laughs> nice. uh, i see another nice. movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's funny. It's one of the um, uh, whenever we talk about maintenance and when we mention that it gets optioned, or even before the word out that it got optioned, you say, "Oh, two janitors in an evil science laboratory." People, you know, a lot of people go, "That's that's great. That's such a why didn't anybody do that before? That's such a kind of a no-brainer, fun concept." Um, yeah, but they didn't, and. And then when I when I think about what do I tell them about this new series, and so I yeah, it's about kind of the old west and, and gunfighting and, and some ninth in bowling. Nobody is going to go. Oh, why didn't I think of that? That's a no brainer. Yeah, I can't believe. It. Everyone's here going to react like, oh yeah, no one's ever thought of that. Yeah. 
So, you fucking retarded. A dinosaur surgeon who is a fish. And drives a convertible. Trademarked, everyone. Yes. Uh, that, I won't have the convertible. That's oh. too much. Too hard to draw. Well, that sounds awesome, guys. You guys have a, a great night, and uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll chit chat with you later. Right on. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Bye. Robbie. All thanks, right. Jim. Bye, guys. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Bye. Bye. And we'd like to thank Robbie and Jim for uh, joining us on the guest line. Sharing so, their time with us. Yeah, so check out Maintenance. It's uh, one of the funner books out there. I think it takes one a of the most fun funny, books. funny or funny. Hanks, right? Funny. Would Am be I using way. bad grammar? Yeah, one of the more. Funny. I believe that the correct <laughs> grammar. Would yeah. Be. So well, whatever it is, check it out. Yeah, it's you've, good. You've, uh, you've uh, really picked yourself up by the bootstraps. To Thanks, <laughs> Well, uh, that'll take care of uh, Wire to Wire comic news. That means it is time for Top of the Stack. Top, top of the stack. stack, stack, stack. That's right. It's time for Top of the Stack. Our chance to let you, the listener, know what we, the panel, have been reading for the last week. And Top of the Stack is sponsored by Ape Entertainment. Weaving its way through the ever-changing landscape of cold wars and paranoia in a blacklisted city, Horrorwood tells the story of four individuals, each with their own ties to fame and glory, who become embroiled in a murder mystery. Pre-order your copy of Ape Entertainment's special edition Horrorwood Director's Cut right now from the August 2007 edition of Previews. The Director's Cut edition includes all four issues of the critically acclaimed Horrorwood miniseries, as well as a DVD with two classic films that inspired the comic, creator commentary, and interviews. As a special bonus, if you pre-order your book online from dcbservice.com, you will receive a free original sketch from series artist Brent Schoonover. It's just a sketch of himself, though. It's just a sketch of himself looking at you. <laughs> so it's creepy. Moving it's on. horrifying. It's like so, a horror movie. So look, look forward uh, to Horrorwood. Horror, and, uh, horror and wood. Yeah, exactly. Did I say Horrorwood? Yeah. So look forward to it. And Brent's a good guy and a, and a darn good Order artist. So, now. so check it out. All right. Well, Tom, what is your top of the stack? Well, since uh, since we haven't done a top of the stack in a while, I think we're each going to do two books. We, are we going to Rochambeau for uh, Scotty and Sal's picks? I think that's unnecessary. I don't have a European book to pick for yeah. Scotty. Yeah, I don't, yeah. <laughs> don't I, have an obscure art I'll book. I'll pretend yeah. to be Scotty. I don't read comics. <laughs> but I'll, I'll talk I'll about draw comics em. for like 15 minutes. Uh, my first pick is something I picked up at uh, Wizard World Chicago, which is Lackluster World by uh, Eric Adams. Uh, it's... I believe, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe it's an eight-issue series. He's like four issues in. Uh, it's a black-and-white comic. Uh, it's got sort of a, he's the writer and artist. It has sort of a cartoony style to it, but also has really nice, uh, there's a couple times where I saw some really great scenes with a sort of odd perspectives using cartoony style and drawing. Uh, it's also I love the the topic of it, which is uh, it starts this uh, albino newspaper writer called Fahrenheit, who uh, you know sort of hates his job and he's sort of bitter and hates everything and hates the world, and uh, he has a brother and a sister uh, named Kelvin and Celsius. If you can pick up the <laughs> temperature, yeah, and they're uh, religious nuts who are always trying to get him to become you know you know convert to their extreme religion and at the newspaper he works with a bunch of sort of douchebag frat guys and one of them's name is cog 
and that's what he wants people to call him. His last name's like Cogswell, or but his real he doesn't like his you know real first name. But it's also ironic because he's a cog in a giant machine. Cog in the wheel. Um, and sort of the the story behind it is that uh, Fahrenheit has this you know bad job, and he has this horrible one horrible day where he has to go to this like uh, showbiz te- uh, showbiz pizza style place for his birthday. And he gets home, and he's just frustrated. So he goes out and starts doing sort of, you know, vandalism on the streets. And he draws a bunch of out- chalk outlines of dead bodies, you know, out on the street. And it sort of causes, like, a big, you know, for, you know, for in the city, everyone's, like, freaking out. You know, who did this? What happened? You know, and it sort of starts this craze where he becomes, like, a phenomenon, of this, some artist is going around. People think it's a ghost because he's an albino and he's going around and doing all these sort of, you know, artistic attacks on society. But at the same time, while he's doing it, he's writing stories about it at the same time, you know, sort of glorifying it. Uh, the thing I really love about it, though, is that I hate Fahrenheit. I think he's like one of these people you meet in life who just can't find anything good about anything and the hero to me in the story is cog who is like the guy who works with him is sort of this stereotypical frat guy like meathead type guy who starts having like this existential crisis about what is like you know what his life means and he starts helping fahrenheit you know do these things and i think he's the most likable character in it even though the first issue you wouldn't think he is but he eventually grows to be He's sort of this more reasonable person who sort of, instead of being so angry at the world, is sort of angry at himself. And you have these, you know, great scenes with his, you know, brother and sister drugging him, drugging Fahrenheit, and like putting him in a virtual reality machine. And it it skirts a really interesting line because it's sometimes it's really funny, and then sometimes it's funny, and you don't think you're supposed to laugh. There's sort of like a horrifying scene involving a murder which I laughed at, and then I got to the end, and I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have laughed at that. But that's like the whole tone of the book is this sort of odd line between, you know, what's right and what's wrong and, like, being bored with the world and how do you relate to the world when you don't like what your life is? Do you lash out at it or do you blame yourself? Or you just do you roll just, over and take or, it. Or you just yeah. roll over and take it or, you know, what happens with that? So... That was it's an awesome book. Um you can go to the website which is www.lacklusterworld.com. It does have music on it, so if you're at work and you click on it, <laughs> turn that volume Turn down. that volume down. Speak from it, experience? Yes, yes. <laughs> um and it has samples of like the art and it has uh, little biographies of all the characters as well. So you can catch up on it and you can order it from, you know, from the site as well. Who, who right? publishes this? Um he does it himself. Um it's not from any, you know, known publisher. Uh, his name's Eric Adams. Eric I met him. Adam. He was very nice. The book was really, really good. You know, it was surprisingly it's good. A lackluster world. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, well, let's, uh, let's just round let's go around. Um, Hank, uh, what do you have this week? Well, I'm a huge X-Men fan, and it's been three months since the last Astonishing X-Men issue came out. Yeah. But it really was a home run. It kicked ass. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, the art, John Cassidy. But did you like it? Oh, I guess I did, yeah. yeah. It's at the top of your stack. It is the top of my stack. Uh, John Cassidy, I guess, takes his time with it, but it really pays off. And Joss Whedon really is pulling through with this this uh, 
what 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 Trinity. part of the you know I've I'm a little behind on on okay. Astonishing. I I I've enjoyed the series, but I'm a little behind. Uh, are they still on the uh, uh, the Colossus? Yeah, they're on the Break World. The okay. Yeah, and uh, where he's, da- he's dangerous there. Okay, and uh, it's it's just fantastic. And so he's ending at 24, right? He, they're, yeah, they're both ending at 24. Warren Ellis and Simone Bianchi, Simone Bianchi. Bianchi are taking over, and uh, we're not sure how long they're going to be on that for. But now, have you been have you been with a, a Sonashine from the very beginning? I haven't read it in issues. I read the first three trades, and then I picked up in issues. Yeah. I actually picked up like issue 17, which was the second to last issue. Is of, it frustrating? Uh, and it was like. Kitty Pride carrying around like a, a slug that she thought was her kid, and I didn't understand any of it. So I went back and I picked up the trades, and I've been reading it since uh, this this current uh, this current. Then you knew what the slug was. I, you I still don't know. You still don't. Now I know. Now you know. I had no the idea what was going know. on, but I've read it in issues since issue 19, and it's there's two more issues left, and I think it's coming out next month. It usually comes out back by on, back on a regular. Are schedule. you um? Is it frustrating to switch from reading the trade to the yes, monthly? Yes, very. Yeah, I read three trades in three weeks. Would you ever consider not buying the single issues? And I'm if you had known, if you had known, or you're going to do both? Yeah. Well, they really got you then, don't it, they? I because <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've yeah yeah they've, and the hard cover. You're going to get I'm the paying hard for cover? the kids' scholarship, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, it just reads so well in trade. I uh, you read it in one sitting, and it's just fantastic. I think when I'm done with the. Are you gonna this pick run? up? Gonna pick are you gonna pick up the Warren Ellis run? Yeah, yeah. Sense? I haven't read much Warren Ellis. I really love Fell, but and uh, and his Fantastic uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four run. Yeah. But I haven't read him much. I haven't read Planetary or any of that. Yeah, but I think yeah, I'm definitely gonna pick it up because it's the X Men and well, you're a whore for the X Men. I'm I'm a huge whore for the X Men. Yeah, of course. Well, I'll tell you, I'll uh. I'll move on. My uh, my first top of the stack this week, uh, and my I, my true top of the stack is an X Man. Um, every time I an X Man, he's an X Man. my book. He's every time I decide to stop getting Wolverine the 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 series, they pull me back in with a creative team. Uh, I dropped it a- after after Rucka was done. I was like, okay, I'm going to drop it. And it was you know, Miller and Romita, and I had to keep going with yeah. it and then i was going to drop it and then i tried out the first guggenheim umberto ramos that was good. and i love that arc and i didn't pick up the low bianchi arc and, and from what i've heard it, it probably wouldn't have appealed uh, to me that yeah, much I, I dropped it but jason aaron and howard chaken have done issue number 56 and it is one of the best standalone wolverine stories i've read in forever it seems um, the setup of the book is um, that Wolverine has been taken prisoner. I guess this is from events that have happened uh, from like 48 to uh, 55, whatever the uh, the Loeb run was. Yeah. And so it comes out of I th- that. I think it began at 50. Okay. And and the the whole point of view of of this story is from the man who is you know one of Wolverine's guards and he has a very uh, sadistic job and and what he does is get up in the morning and go to work and and it's very like you remember the old uh, Looney Tunes uh, cartoon with uh, Max and Sam you know it's uh, the sheepdog and I'm the, too young I'm 16 know. years yeah, old we don't know what you're talking about old, old man. man oh come yeah. on come on grandpa um, but it's just kind of you know get yeah. up punch the clock and Snagglepuss his, and, and his <laughs> no Snagglepuss <laughs> wrong company wrong company um, but his job is Crossover. to is to go and, and punch the clock and um, sit on a mounted machine gun 
over a, a huge pit that Wolverine is at the bottom of and shoot him all day long. And that is, that is his job. And this goes on literally for weeks. And Wolverine, what I love about the story is that it's one of the few times that you get to see him use, um, not just his his healing factor, the whole mutant healing factor, but you get to see him use his his other mutant abilities, which are his sense of smell and oh. and his smarts. He uses psychology on one of his captors to kind of get inside of their head, and and he picks up clues through his sense of smell that kind of opens the door to what he will mm. eventually use to get out of this um, this facility that he's being you know more or less tortured in mm. um, it was it was dark it was gritty but it took it, it was smart as well and that's what I enjoyed is that you know Jason Aaron who uh, wrote the other side is the current writer on Scout just continues to write smart well thought out stories and with Wolverine that's not easy to do anymore he's he's a character that I think has been used and overused so much it's really hard to get a new tilt on that character and, and Jason Aaron was able to do that by using more the cerebral side of the character. Um, was it a longer issue? Because I know I said it was three ninety nine when I took a look at it. Yeah, and is there any particular reason why it was three? Uh, it was longer. It's not like an anniversary of anything with fifty six. Oh, it was just a just a kick ass story. Is, is just, it a one shot or? Um, no, it's it it, it happens. Uh, it's it's kind of a bridge issue between the the low run and I guess uh, Mark Guggenheim is gonna is gonna take over writing duties with the next issue. Shake, um, is Chaken still gonna do that? Yeah, it's the it's the Blade team. Is it's it the a, good Chaken art or the bad Chaken? It is art? the good Chaken art. art. Here, nice. check it out. It is uh, if you are. Uh, yeah, a fan yeah. of if you're a fan of uh, the Blade series, uh, Mark Guggenheim and Howard Chaykin, which you 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 should have been because too that, late now it's canceled. I know it's too late now, but don't God, even, don't dang it, that was just twelve of the best. Don't issues. live in the past. Oh. Don't live in the past. Love, but it yeah, it'll it'll be the uh, the Blade team taking over Wolverine, and it is the it is the good Howard Chaykin. And I'm uh, almost certain Wolverine won't be canceled. Uh, Wolverine probably will not be canceled. I would, I would guess. So, is it like four uh, books? So. You know, uh, <laughs> the more the more I read his stuff, the more uh, that Jason Aaron impresses me. And if you haven't checked out his stuff now, you should because he is a name to watch. <laughs> I I haven't read anything if that I, I was like. Jason Aaron. I would watch out for Chris. He's probably this watching is sort of now. almost Rucka esque in <laughs> his. Uh, the next Rucka. Never. No. Oh, wow, <laughs> There's a fury in your eyes when you said that. Never would I ever cheat on Greg with somebody else. So Jason Aaron does scalped with Arm Guerra, right? Mm. Yes. yes. Okay. The trade yes, that just absolutely. came out. All right, Tom, uh, let's uh, move back you around You shouldn't to you. be reading that. You're too young. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Um, Ed Brubaker told me I shouldn't read Criminal, so... <laughs> He didn't stop you from buying it. He, said, he didn't say don't buy it. He said don't read it. <laughs> Just buy it. Yeah, buy it and read it. Buy it. Box. Hold buy it until you're 18, yes. and then you'll know what's going read on. Read it later. All right. Uh, my second pick is uh, Black Summer. Who talking about being dark and gritty? Yeah. Uh, uh, this is by Warren Ellis and Juan Jose Reap. Uh, this is from Avatar. This is the second issue. Uh, there was a zero issue and a one issue. Uh, if you don't know what the story is about, it's about... um. Uh, sort of a self-made Justice League. Uh, these characters are sort of called the Seven Guns, and they're these sort of geniuses that 
sort of use technology to make themselves into a superhero group. And one of their members, John Horace, in the Zero Issue, kills the president. Yeah, I, I picked up the Zero Issue. When he thinks that the president is doing something wrong. So, uh, you know, he believes the war in Iraq uh, is wrong. I'm not too close to reality. No. Uh, but uh, Warren Ellis will be having problems getting in the U.S. <laughs> um, but uh, If you didn't catch him in San Diego. Yeah, you might not catch him for a while. Only thing worse he could do is go to Cuba and publish it. <laughs> but uh, the story as it's gone so far after that first issue, it sort of took an odd twist because the first issue is very much just about the um, about Horace killing yeah. the president. But the, it, everything it after that's about Tom, one of the other um, seven guns, who's sort of a cripple. He lost a leg in an explosion that killed one of the other members. And he's a drunk, and he... He sort of removed himself from the superhero life until one of the guys who helped them build their technology shows up and he works for the government, you know, in the first issue and tries to kill him. And all of a sudden now the surviving members of the Seven Guns realize that they're targets because everyone's just going to associate them <laughs> with what Horace did. And this issue is was my favorite so far because what happens is as the remaining seven guns are trying to help each other survive, they're put into a situation where uh, they have to kill soldiers in order to survive. Like, it's us or them, you know, at certain kill points. Kill or be killed. And certain characters uh, are much more comfortable with that than other ones are. And you start to see sort of a divide in the characters. Uh, at the end of the issue, they go to their sort of safe house, where they get into an argument about whether or not what Horace did was right or wrong, and some of the characters think what he did was right, and some think it was wrong. And I think it's interesting because it's sort of similar to ground to what Ellis did with it, the authority, but I think there's there's a little bit of a difference to it in the sense that there's flashbacks showing how these characters have chose chose to become superheroes. They sort of chose to become the Justice League. It wasn't the superheroes that sort of had this stuff like thrown upon them. They chose to become, you know, fighters for what's right and what's wrong. And then all of a sudden, if you choose to, you know, you give up your normal life to fight for justice and what's wrong, and you're convinced that you're right, but your actions to follow through with that is something that a lot of people think is wrong. You know what happens yeah. at that point? Who, what who, who are you to? Yeah, who are you to, to decide? decide? But if you are right, and like, you know. The way I think about it is, if you see something happen, you know, if you see, like, an old woman fall down and you go help her, you never think twice about it. What if you have the power to correct something even bigger than that, and you think that a president waging a war like that is just as just as quick to do that? Like, what's to stop you, and what, who says, you know, who says you're wrong? You know, in philosophy, you have the philosopher king, which is supposedly would be the greatest ruler, but also the most impossible one. Someone who rules like a dictator, but is right all the time, you know, which isn't, you know, truly possible. But um, also, I shouldn't, I need to mention the art as well by uh, Juan Jose, oh, yeah. Jose yeah, Reeves, which is amazingly detailed, really graphic, mm -hmm. very violent. Um, it reminds me a little bit of, um, it's got sort of like a Frank Quietly... 
Yeah, a little Steve Dillon, Frank Quietly. And, throw, and you have quite. to throw on some Jeff Darrow. Yeah, yeah, a little bit in there, and it's got, it's like a, it's a cool mix of all of those types of styles. It, it's hi, it's hyper-detailed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You see. Very rendered. You see, you know, when a, a group of soldiers gets hit with a grenade, you see, you know, screaming soldiers with their bloody stumps, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. And Shrapnel. It's, it's, yeah, it's extremely graphic. You know, that guy, you want to talk. One for the kids. You, you want to talk about an artist that has worked with an all-star lineup. He's done stuff uh, with Alan Moore, Frank Miller, Warren Ellis, and... Uh, John Cassidy. Hmm? With, uh, Planetary John Cassidy. No. Well, uh, we're talking re- about the artist, Hank. Oh. Follow the... God, you're so young. Come oh. on, pay attention, Hank. Keep Hank, up. come on. Keep up. Keep up. No, Stay he, awake, Hank. He did the um, uh, the RoboCop series with Frank Miller. Oh, really? Yeah. And he, uh, gosh, uh, he did another series, uh, I think through Avatar as well, with uh, Alan Moore. And he's worked with some of the greatest writers in he's comics. He's great. And yeah. uh, the book, I mean, for being as detailed, I mean, he must have had a head start because it's hyper detailed, but it's been coming out yeah. monthly, which is nice. It's a, it's a seven issue series, six issue. Probably because I don't, I don't know how far they're going to be able to go with. This. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I. I I've really enjoyed it. It's surpassed what I sort of expected. I picked up the Zero issue on a whim, and was sort of blown away by it. Ellis's Avatar work too. is actually some See, of some of it's good. We some talked about great. I talked about this in uh, Chicago with a bunch of people where people talk about Warren Ellis slumming it with Avatar, but in a weird way, I think it's the exact opposite. You know, you read something like Thunderbolts. To me, Thunderbolts is sort of a. It's like well. You everyone the comic book fans likes these psycho villains. Well, I'll give them these psycho villains acting yeah. like assholes. Yeah. You know, and, and that's you know, Did giving you, to that. And, and we're not going to bring it up as a top. Like, yeah, Crease. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. awesome. Well, I only got because the I fanboy had yeah, had Con- as their pick Con- of the week. Yeah, yeah Connor and I picked, picked it. it up and it was amazing. It yeah. is. Um, it's like the History Channel for HBO. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It was absolutely amazing. Um, if you haven't picked up, uh, it, and it's Crease. Yeah, I think it's something like that. So it's a, it's a, Cressy. It's, it's called Cressy. Go into your shop and ask for Cressy. It's a, a French town yeah. uh, where a, a great... Uh, Bring in a picture for, of it and say, um, I want this. Yeah, it's uh, six ninety nine worth every penny yeah, of it, especially if you have a, a history buff friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. But uh, uh, Hank, what do you have next? Okay, uh, I picked Green Arrow Year One, Issue 4. Are you guys reading this? Yes. I read the first one, then I didn't read the rest. It, but I'll let you do your review. It, it got a lot. It's picked up very well um you, oliver queen has changed a lot in the in this that I, I have to pick it i have to point out the art by jock is fantastic i, I haven't Always seen this yeah it's, it's really good and you're he's really like changing his character and uh he used to just be an asshole in the first issue and now he's just he's not fighting just to survive he's he's fighting for someone now and it's just really picking up very well and Really that was good. sort of my problem with the first issue is I got a little too much of the like the Mountain Dew extreme like sports like look at what's going on. It, it, it kind of it, it's kind of pointed out. Yeah. It's uh, I think uh, Matt Kramer on uh, on our forum had described he didn't like the first one, really liked the second one. Second one was great. Didn't like the third oh, one. It's so like much. Star Trek. He said it was the Star Trek syndrome. <laughs> the Star Trek syndrome. It's, yeah, it's, it's, well, I might pick up the trade then, and at this point I'm not going to go back and get the very issues. Good. But. Uh, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. It's got ha- how many issues? Uh, it's going to be six. Six issues, so two. And it's bi-weekly. Yeah, it's been coming out every two weeks. Which is nice. It's a yeah. good way to read something. Um, yeah, jock artwork, fantastic. Andy Diggle, this is the uh, the Losers team, if you haven't read the Losers, uh, which we've talked about. You know. 
hey, ad nauseum. Have you read a lot of Green Arrow before you read this? Yes. Yes. I'm okay. a big Green Arrow fan. Do, do you feel like um, this Ollie Queen is consistent with with the character that at, we've that at, we're familiar with? At first, I really didn't. The first issue really wasn't yeah, Ollie Queen that I was familiar up, with. Yeah. But this issue, I don't want to give anything away, but it really starts to go towards the Oliver Queen that we're familiar with and I really love it. Yeah, he has. He's kind of he's kind of grown from this uh a belligerent little dick. Yeah. That's a spoiled brat. He was an asshole. And uh, yeah, in, in this in this last issue, he makes a very conscious decision where he could have uh, you know, cut bait and saved himself and and you kind of in in one page kind of see him grow up yeah. and become, you know, kind of that um the base of what the hero is. Yeah. You know? And and always never been, you know, that He's a very different hero than what we're used to. In you know, exactly, um, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. Um, my uh, my next pick. Oh gosh, I got I got two left here. So um, oh, you got two more? Yeah, yeah. Cause they're so good. I, dude. I been, uh, it so. was it was such. Thank you. Only got four books this week. I know it was a very light week for me. <laughs> it was it was they a, were all awesome. It was a fantastic week for comics. And if you are not reading the Immortal Iron Fist, boy, is it just such a good book from um uh, the fact that you get to see different artists in in every issue they do these uh, fantastic flashback scenes to different characters and uh there's a guy that I actually wasn't familiar with is uh Roy Allen Martinez does uh, uh does a few of the pages here I'll I saw yeah I have the issue I love his art uh David Aja uh does the majority of the work this is if you are keeping up with uh with Iron Fist uh, there was the the kind of interlude uh, issue, uh, but before that, Danny Rand has gone off for this kind of like you know extra dimensional mystical kung fu tournament, and you you get this you know these great action sequences. But I mean, it's it's basically just kind of a big fanboy dream. You get to see uh, Iron Fists go up against other mystical Fat weapons. Cobra oh. characters like Fat Cobra, <laughs> yeah. Spider Lady. It's, uh, yeah, so it's... it's Jackie Chan. Oh, God, where's some of the, uh... uh Chuck Norris. Stephen Chow. Stephen Chow, yes. Shaolin Soccer. And this, uh, is stolen from Shaolin Soccer. <laughs> That's a whole idea of some sort of tournament. I don't care. I love Blood it. Sport. I'm kidding. I, it's, it's not uh, so Yeah, the uh, Fat Cobra is great. So, uh... It's a big fat guy. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, this whole, this whole... Uh, uh, extra dimensional kung fu tournament is going to be fun to follow, and uh, so I don't. Yeah. It's it's just it, it's start your leagues now, your fantasy uh, <laughs> Iron Fist leagues. It is such, decide who such, wins. Such a fun. Well, you know it's going to be the uh, what was the the line the the really mysterious character when they're uh, when they're introducing um, all of the uh, all of the contestants. He's got brackets it in is, the back. It is the uh, the the Prince of Orphans who is introduced as. Mysterious, even to we who cultivate unending mystery. Yeah, well, he's an ins- <laughs> is he an inscrutable Asian? <laughs> you have fat, <laughs> fat cobra. Uh, his size and strength are only outclassed by his speed. And you've got uh, the bride of nine spiders, you're mi- you're dog brother, no- number the one. The most important thing mm-hmm. is they Brubaker and Fraction provide you with fantasy brackets in the back of the yeah. book. So start your leagues at your office. Print them up. 
It is. Start the you gambling. It's like the field of 64. I'm going to go. You know, we should start a fantasy. We should start a fancy league. On, oh, totally. Of who's going to win what in the Cobra. tournament. You, well, you've fuck got you. Fat, no. <laughs> I've got, you know, you know, Steel Serpent isn't going to. You know, I'm, I'm putting my money on uh, Prince of Orphans because he's mysterious. So. Iron Fist, uh, what is this, number eight, yes. uh, The Capital Cities of Heaven, round one. So I'm reading Mike Norton's hardcover when he's done with it. There so. you go. Oh, nice. Well, I'm, uh, well, it's I've good got a, nothing it's else. It's good a dad to pass that along to you. Yeah, here you go, son. Shut I got up. nothing else. Uh, Tom, what? Uh, you got one more? You got no? No, no I'm, I, I got two. Hey. That's uh, I, I, just, okay. I just wanted to point out really quick that uh, The Spirit this week, uh, number nine, was very good. It was good. Uh, it kind of dipped back into the first couple issues with uh, Alvaro Mortez. I think it ties everything together. Yeah. yeah. So that you get a sense that, um, oh, did you just tear it? Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. Well, that is non-collectible. <laughs> Mark, I need a new copy. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw <laughs> off. I heard, a page, I heard a page tear, and I just vomited in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it pulls it together so yeah, that he's he's ending his run in a couple issues. Yeah, 12. so the first nine issues sort of are starting to tie together, and it, he does a nice little trick with you get to see all the various characters sort of tell their own story from their own point of view. And Eb- Ebony's a total Mac. Oh yeah, with the ladies. <laughs> it's like three girls in this. Yeah, that spirit's but so good. I'm gonna mi- I'm gonna miss Darwin Cook on this series. I think it's the first issue that wasn't a one shot. Everyone. All the issues before that had been one and done. There'd been mention they they had mentioned um, that uh, El Morte yeah. in earlier issues, issues but they three, hadn't really. And they also brought back someone they had arrested in an earlier issue, and it was sort of the issue that sort of tied everything together a little bit, so it made like more sense. But you wouldn't even need to have read the rest of it, as always. He does a great job yeah, of making yeah. it a. A, s- a great single issue as well. All right, my uh, my last one, real quick here. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Um, the new Mouse Guard miniseries, uh, miniseries Mouse Guard Winter 1152, uh, debuted this last week. So if Kenzie doesn't have a sex change in it, does no, he? no, Ken- Kenzie yes. still a boy. boy, still a boy, still a boy. Uh, no, just a continuing story. If you are a fan of Mouse Guard, this picks right up after uh, fall. And uh, this is the winter miniseries. Everything that is great about Mouse Guard, um, even more so, the universe seems to be expanding. More towns are being introduced. Uh, more is there m- maps? More maps? <laughs> yes, there are maps. I so, fucking love maps. I know. Sorry, Scott- Hank, earmuffs. I said at that point. Scotty will love this because of the maps as well. So uh, it's you know we, we've talked about Mouse Guard uh, for. Over a year now, it is just more of the same fun. Um, when are we going to play adventure? Risk with David Peterson? Um, David, if you're listening, we're ready to play Risk. Yeah. I need to find a good online Risk. Um, risk so if anyone knows one, it's uh, I'm I'm ready. Scotty Scotty's in. So he talks a big game, but I don't know. I've, I've seen him I roll c- dice. All right, so I tell you what, that that will take care of our expanded, supersized. Whoa! What uh, the hell was that? I've been. I think I've just been text message. So that will take care. Scotty and Sal. (laughs) We decided to fly to Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) That will uh, that will take care of our uh, expanded, uh, super uh, super supersized top of the stack. That means it is time for future stacks. (laughs) 
Future Stacks is our chance to let you know what is coming up uh, this Wednesday, and uh, of course comes with the disclaimer that this is not <laughs> that this is not a uh, a complete list of everything that's coming out, and uh, shipping dates may change. It's uh, what we now refer to as the Powers floating release schedule. It might come out, it might not. Yeah, but chances are yeah. it'll be there on Wednesday. Well, so, uh, uh, Tom, why don't you uh, let everyone know uh, some of the things that. Coming out on Wednesday. Uh, starting off with Dark Horse, we have Conan at number 43. Do you get. Is it not coming out? Oh, it's coming out. <laughs> we have Mark telling us it's out. We have Hellboy Darkness Calls number 5. Uh, have you guys been reading uh, Darkness Falls? You know, I, I've turned into such a. A, a, a bad reader that I'm I'm waiting and I'm going to read them all at once. I read you the know, first the one, enjoyed is, it, now I'm going to read them I all. I decided to start getting the the BPRD uh, BPRD stuff. Mm-hmm. I can read in single issue. The Hellboy stuff I you can't need read, to read in it, single yeah. issue. Yeah, so I'm not. Uh, I'm just going to get the Hellboy stuff in trades now. But if you like it, it's coming out next week. Uh, from DC Comics, we have 52 Aftermath, The Four Horsemen, number one of six. Uh, Keith Giffen is working on that. And this it, is the Four Horsemen from 52? Yes, from World War II. And I've actually really enjoyed all the 52 spinoff stuff, even though I think it's weird that it kind of took a while for it all to come out. But uh, I've been enjoying Metal Men. was this really cool. good. Black Adam actually was better than I thought it was going to be because I sort of was down on it because I thought, well, Jeff Johns isn't doing it. You know, I you don't really like Booster Gold, right? The boost, yeah. Oh, Booster Gold great. was amazing, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jeff I'm Johns should write everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking of Jeff Johns, Action Comics number 855 is coming out, and that's the beginning of the Jeff Johns, Eric Powell, Bizarro World nice. story. It's which uh, Three it's issues. Three issue. Uh, it's going to be totally sweet. I've seen the Eric Powell sketches of the B- Bizarro Justice League, oh, really? his version of the Bizarro Justice League. It looks, and of course, he has a fat flash, which everyone, you know. And read the goon. Flash. Read yes. the goon. Read If you like Me that, too. read the goon. Uh, Amazon's Attack, number six of six, is coming out next week. Mm-hmm. So if you begin that, look out for it. Uh, American Virgin number 18. I can't believe it's up to 18 issues already. That's a good series. I'm reading it in trades, and I really enjoy it. It's been floating under the radar. Yeah. It's it's a very odd series. Anyone uh, who's ever been involved in, like, uh, a big mega church (laughs) will will get some insight into into this character that you you may not have before. So um, it's a very interesting look at... Um, modern day religion yeah. and and the the uber evangelical yeah. churches. So. Uh, complete Bite Club trade paperback for nineteen ninety nine. That's interesting. I haven't read any Bite Club. I, I love, love Bite Club. Really? It is, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good book. And is the complete like all both, everything both he's done both the miniseries and that's uh, that's Chaken right? It's Howard, Howard Chaken written, not drawn. Um, quietly covers, which I think will be reprinted in oh, there. Um, yeah, it's a, a really neat series about a, uh, a, uh, a family of vampire crime lords in Miami, you know, like the sunniest place in the country. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, vampires exist, people know vampires exist, and they're in everyday walk of life, but this centers around a crime lord family. Nice. That, uh, yeah, it's a really fun, fun series. Um, we got good. Countdown to Adventure number one, uh, which is coming up, three ninety nine. dollars uh, That's Adam Beechin writing it. Um, it focuses on Adam Strange and Animal Man and sort of your space characters from 52 and what they're doing in Countdown. The backup story about Forerunner, which is that new character they introduced, uh, 
we'll see how that sort of goes. <laughs> but uh, we also got uh, Ex Machina Masquerade Special. It's been a while since an Ex Machina issue has come out. Yeah, you know, but I, I really like the uh, the special one-shots yep. that they've come out with in the past with Ex Machina. Yeah, this is three fifty. It's not the standard two ninety nine. so keep an eye out for that. Uh, Jack Kirby's Fourth World Omnibus Volume 2. Uh, for forty nine ninety nine coming out. I is love it? the first one. Love the first one. It's great, isn't it? Have yeah. you ever? Did you ever read any of the I've Fourth World stuff? I've never read Kirby's uh, DC stuff before. So this is, uh, yeah, it's it's wild, yep. wonky, just Kirby. It gets unchained. better. It takes about to me. It takes about four or five issues of each of the series before you really get a sense. Like I love Mister Miracle. I love the Mister Miracle. The concept of like an escape you know, artist. You know yeah. who uh, Mr. Miracle is based on? Steve Ditko. Uh, Jim Steranko. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Kirby based based that character on Jim Steranko. Interesting. Because Steranko was a uh, you know it, that's the guy who's done like a million things in his life. Yeah. He's worked in you know he was a designer. He worked in film, comics, but earlier in his life he was an escape artist. Yeah. <laughs> well, interesting. We have uh, Manhunter Volume Three Origins Trade Paperback. Um, if you haven't been reading Manhunter, that's also a very good mm-hmm. series. It flies a little bit under the radar. It's been on a bit of a break lately because Mark and Drake has been working on other stuff, but uh, he says he will be coming back. I, I think that book is Andrico's passion, and yeah. it, it it definitely shows that in um, that series. We got Teen Titans number fifty, uh, which is Sean McKeever's first issue. Kind of bridge issue. He's doing some of it, but yeah. Not all there's of a it. backup story by Jeff Johns. Uh, uh, three ninety nine. Uh, Wonder Woman number twelve, which is not the Gail Simone first issue. It's been pushed back to thirteen. This is the Jay Torres um, Amazon's Attack tie-in that's coming out. Um, from Image Comics, we got Brit number one, uh, brought to you by the creators of Invincible. It's uh, Robert Kirkman. Uh, Robert Kirkman. <laughs> he, he's edited. Like, he, yeah, he's yeah, like he's producing it. It's not ready. Yeah, he's producing <laughs> it. Uh, it's who's doing? The, is Char- Charlie Adler doing the art? Cliff Rathburn, who does oh, he does the gray tones on yeah, yeah. Dub. Is doing okay. Bruce Brown. We have uh, Mice Templar from uh, Michael Avon. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I talked to um, Omin real briefly in Chicago, and uh, and he's really looking forward to uh, uh, people's feedback on on Mice Templar. Nice. Well, uh, Mice with Swords yeah. from Marvel Comics. We got Essential Daredevil Nut Volume Four. Got to buy it. Got to buy it. I, I have to buy it. Do you? Why did you lose a bet? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. My Fantastic Four number five forty nine. Uh, more the Wayne McDuffie, the I guess. Mm. Uh, 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 Reed and Sue are back, so it's the Fantastic Six now. It's really good. I, I've been loving. You it. guys are killing me because I don't read the Fantastic Four, yeah. and everyone's like, "Oh, McDuffie's Fantastic Four is awesome." Good too. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to. I'm going to have to pick it up. Uh, we also have the last Fantastic Four story by um, is it Stan Lee and John Romita. John Romita Jr. So there you go. After you read that, you won't get to, you won't have to pick up any more Fantastic Four. Because <laughs> they're ending it, right? That really is the last. It is Stan Lee's last Fantastic Four story. Oh, yeah, so. right. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, you know, comes, you know, when's the last Paris Hilton story going to come out? <laughs> um, Oni Press, local. Number ten is coming out. Love local. They're good. Which city is it taking place? In? Uh, I don't know. It was uh, what was the last one? They did Chicago a couple months ago, so um, we'll have to take a look. But uh, it'll be some new and interesting location. Um, we got Wasteland number eleven. You know, I just found out Chris Minton lives in Chicago. Really? In Chicago area? Yeah. 
Why haven't we talked to him? I've I emailed him and um, and I think that he may drop by one night. Oh, nice! Yeah, so another um, Chicago one. Check uh, check some of those titles out. Let us know what you think. And uh, Sal will be back with uh, with uh, future stacks next week because we know how. Notice much, how we how weren't so defensive about it. Oh, I know. It's nice. He has like what's a complex out. about it. He does. It's nice. I think it's nice to know what's coming out. So pretty cool. Uh, the words of Rage Against the Machine: "Fuck you! I won't do what you told me." Anger is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we I got some. <laughs> we got some uh, some listener uh, email here. This is uh, uh, just just one this week. There's a few others, but uh, we'll get to those a little bit later. Uh, hey guys, a friend of mine who is not a fan of comic books pointed me towards this book. Uh, soon I will be invincible. dot com. Uh, I was wondering if any of you had heard anything about it. I'm not sure if any of you do the whole words-only thing. They are harder to read drunk. But if anybody had any insights on whether or not it was worth checking out, I would appreciate it. I missed your live video cast last time because I was touching boobies, as Scotty so eloquently puts it. But I will try to get the next one. The one-on-one on, comment, on cons was nice for us newbies. Keep up the good work. Connor. That was a very good show. Oh, the con. Yeah, that was a really good show. <laughs> uh, I saw Soon I Will Be Invincible at the bookstore, but I actually didn't pick it up because I thought the cover was really bad. Uh, the only... Don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> I do all the time, though. I'm a comic <laughs> fan. I judge books by the cover constantly. <laughs> the, the only thing I've heard about uh, yeah. Soon I Will Be Invincible, uh, NPR did uh, like a one-hour comic book show about about, about two months ago, and... I thought it was really funny that they're doing the show on comic books and their lead in story was, a, book. was a novel about superheroes. Yeah, heroes. Terry Gross, bring it. I challenge you to come on our show. <laughs> Next she listens. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I just NPR. I, you know, I was kinda I was kinda put off. It's like, you know, why are you trying to legitimize comic books by leading off this hour look at the world of comics with a novel? It's not a comic book. Yeah. It's a comic book or it's a novel about superheroes and that's fine. I think there's room out there for that. Um it, I don't know. I, I may read it. I may not. Right now, I'm reading. Um, you uh, don't read. You're reading Greg. Ra- you're reading a Greg Rucka yeah, the, novel. The, the, the so that'll big, be it for the only the only big boy books I, I read are uh, Greg Rucka books. I've been reading Wizard of Oz books. <laughs> I enjoy it for the mysticism. Actually, I'm reading uh, Doug Walks uh, reading comics, which has been pretty good. I'm reading you, Catcher in the Rye for English class. So. Oh, really? That's a good book. Um, what's the last book? Book book you read that wasn't Greg Rucka and wasn't about comics. Um, <laughs> that would be. It was uh, Dennis Lahaney, um, uh, Drink Before the War. All right, I was just curious. Mm-hmm. What's the last book I read not about Wizard of Oz? Read a lot of nonfiction. Anyway. Done with that email. All right, so uh, you can always email us at, at, at info at aroundcomics.com or Chris, Tom, or Sal at aroundcomics.com. Um, there are other ways to interact with the show. Oh, as, are they? Yes, they are. Uh, you can go to aroundcomics.com where you can download and print out our LCS Challenge flyer. Ask your comic shop manager or owner if they will display it in their store. If they do, send us an email and we'll mention, it, mention you and the store on the show as well as post it on our site. Become a friend of the program today. And just like uh, Brian Giesler, who writes in, says, I discovered you guys a few months ago. I have now listened to most of your shows at this point. 
I got back into comics after picking up Buffy Season 8, and just the smell of the comic shop took me back. Lilacs. <laughs> so now I have a pull box, <laughs> and I've been ordering graphic novels like I'm made out of money. I blame you guys. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I was uh, talking to the guy that runs my LCS, Leo, and I told him about your podcast and explained it to him. I then told him that you guys are the reason I've been picking up DMZ, Fables, Exterminators, Mouse Guard, and and asking him to order some Devil's Due and eight books. He thanks you for pointing a guy in the right direction. So far, he's uh, not had to say, have you looked at this yet? So there's an Around Comics flyer in the store, and I just printed up more so his hardcore regulars can take a flyer home and hopefully give it a listen. Score! Hey, thank you so much. Uh, the store is Mavericks Comics at eight, uh, 8522 Winton Road in Cincinnati, Ohio. And that is from Brian uh, Giesler. And I, I bet you that Crank... And probably Dave Wachter, who are both from Cincinnati, yeah. have either shopped there or know that shop. No. Uh, we got another email here mm-hmm. from a very special emailer. Yes. Do we have music to play in the background? No, it's not a girl. It's not that special. Uh, Chris and the rest. Wow, Chris got mentioned in the rest of us. Didn't. Uh, greetings from the USS Abraham Lincoln. Along with many members of the crew, I am a fan of the podcast. I'm going through withdrawal as we are out to sea and cannot listen. Although we have internet access, we cannot listen to streaming media or download anything. Apparently, the Navy thinks keeping the bandwidth available for incoming flash message and satellite information is more important than us getting our weekly dose of Scotty, Chris, Tom, Sal, and Scotty's ego. <laughs> Brian Bruce, USS Abraham Lincoln. P.S. Our ship's library out of the blue started stalking DMZ lately. Also, thanks for whoever gave the heads up on Gutsville. Ha <laughs> that's me. It's a good read. And I put this in the uh, Whistler LCS Challenge section because uh, Brian was kind enough to put our flyer up in his office on the USS yeah. Abraham Lincoln. So beat that. Yeah. <laughs> Though I have to say, uh, like his office kind of looks like a basement, which did, is, I did, imagine, what most of us... Uh, did you see the YouTube video? I watched a little... I was at work today, so I haven't had a chance. I, I saw a little bit of it, but then I was afraid someone would walk up from behind me and, you know... Be like, what are you looking at? What well, video? Brian Brian made a video of his office, which is on the USS Abraham Lincoln, and about 20 feet outside of his office, he can walk out onto a deck that looks out over the ocean and then down into the hangar deck. Well, of, that totally beats the shit out of my office. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah it's it's pretty freaking. <laughs> I emailed him too because I we're, we're, I'm going to send him CDs with the episodes on, and I told him when they leave. But he hasn't left yet, or has he? He or? is. Um, the um, the ship is in dock in Seattle, and yeah. I think that he's actually going to be on a short leave and going back to New York. Where I told them to email me when they leave and tell me what episode he's on so I know what to send, because I don't want to send him episodes he's already heard. Well, we've so. been emailing back and forth with them, and it was one of the one of the coolest emails yeah. that we've gotten. And apparently, uh, um, like 12 or 13 guys on the ship listen to the shows. They listen to the crank cast. And uh, and this is kind of they they I guess stockpile them and listen to them while they're um, out on uh, on their tours out in ocean. That's nice. Wow. Yeah. Well, that puts a lot of pressure on us yes. now to be more entertaining. Well, yeah. So I was very excited. So wacky. Um, so Brian and everyone on the USS Abraham Lincoln, thank you for what you do and thanks for listening. To the thank show. you. That's awesome. Uh, another way that you can uh, make me happy is to leave us an iTunes a review at the iTunes Music Store. Uh, 
we had one last week. It was from uh, Sean Caster. So thank you, Sean. We're at the race to 160, and we're one away. One away. Yeah, come uh, on. Uh, actually, I think uh, next week uh, we'll uh, spotlight our UK mm-hmm. uh, reviews. We sort of ignored them for a long time. Yes. I yeah. think we're still bitter about the War of 1812. Uh, we the ransacking that. of we, Washington, D.C. We won that one. They I burned, know. You know, without them, the White House wouldn't be white because we had to paint over all the burn marks. It's kind of like you beat the opposing team, but they still like took a piss on your, you know, <laughs> emblem in the stadium. You know, they got their their last these colors standing. don't run. Check out all the great things that RonComics.com has to offer. We post the next week's topic on Tuesdays or when we feel like it. I did it on Monday this week, so suck it. So yeah, check out our forum at RonComics.com. Remember, you can also visit us at Comic Space and MySpace, and you can come on our forum and argue with us. Thanks to uh, Dan. See our buddy up in Minneapolis, uh, Paper Cut on the forums. Uh, he has put together a fabulous wiki site all about the show. You can check that out at aroundcomics.pbwiki.com. We are also proud members of a fraternity of comic book podcasts called the Comic Book Podcast Network. Find out more find more great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. And uh, remind everyone this episode of Around Comics has been sponsored by Borders. Ooh. Sink your teeth into the story that introduced the world to Anita Blake, Vampire Hunter. Get your copy of Guilty Pleasures, ooh la la, by Laurel K. Hamilton at your local Borders. Borders is your home for the tastiest fantasy novels. Find a store near you at BordersStores.com. And we are proud to help support the Hero Initiative. Also Here, sexy. Like also very sexy, yeah. Uh, Hero creates a financial safety net for yesterday's creators who need emergency medical aid, financial support for a essentials of life and an avenue back into pain work. It's a chance for all of us to give back something to the people who have given us so much enjoyment. For more information, visit heroinitiative.org or call 310-909-7809. What if one of your essentials of life is a sexy vampire book? They should go, go to, to Borders, Borders and pick up yeah, uh, for Guilty Pleasures. Reasonable for the <laughs> for a very reasonable price. Absolutely. And remember, at, uh, at Hero, every dollar counts. You can go to their website, and they have a PayPal link, so it's real easy to just donate 5 10 bucks. And if you don't think it makes a difference, go to Steve Gerber's blog, and y- you will change your mind. Yes. So Blow your mind. I would like to thank everybody for joining Thanks, us today. Hank. Thanks, Hank. Are you You're welcome. You owe me. Really uh, came through uh, on this one. Robbie Rodriguez, Jim Massey, pick up uh, maintenance. The news. The news for being here. Oh, yeah, Your okay. computer. Uh-huh. The microphones. The God. The pretzels are yeah, great. The God. Sal, Sal and Scotty in Wisconsin. Sal, for, Sal and Scotty are right now. For ditching them. You know, Scotty's wiping the sugar off of Sal's face <laughs> off that funnel cake he just bought. At the <laughs> rolling around in the mud. Rolling around in the mud. We'll be back. Rally around the fan. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back on Thursday. We're going to be talking about uh, event comics in the modern age and uh, talking a lot about uh, what's going on today in the world of events. Uh, in the meantime, in between time. Thank you, Hank. Wow. We'll be everywhere in and around. Quick show. Not bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the contact us section of our website. 
Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Music.podshow.com. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and do not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next time when the panel will change, but our mission will stay the same. Bringing you the very best news, reviews, and opinions in and around comics. Around Comics is a Pipe Dream production. Copyright 2007. All rights reserved. Janitor fetish.